Welcome to the Reclaim Your Rise podcast. My name is Lauren Bongiorno, a nationally board-certified health coach and founder and CEO of Risely Health, where we help people and families impacted by type 1 diabetes take ownership over their lives so that they can transform with more freedom and confidence. Everyone has a different reason to be here. You might be seeking knowledge, support, or community, but at your core, I know that you long for something deeper. You're here for transformation. And that's what the Reclaim Your Rise podcast is all about. There is a big difference in men versus women. So men's sex hormones follow the same pattern every single day. They're on this 24-hour circadian rhythm with their testosterone production. And it's almost like, you know, copy and paste day after day, day after day, day after day. With women, we are on what is called the infradian rhythm, which is our biological clock that is synced up over a month span or about a month span, right? Like the average cycle is about 21 to 35 days. A quick reminder before we start the show that nothing you hear on the Reclaim Your Rise podcast should be a substitute for personalized professional medical advice. Please always consult your physician or other medical professional before making any changes to your diet, insulin dosages, or healthcare plan. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the show. This is your host, Lauren Bongiorno, and today we are talking about menstrual cycle and type 1 diabetes. This is actually one of my favorite, favorite educational topics to talk about and to teach on and to educate on, mostly because if you know me, you would know that one thing that just really, really fires me up is things that are unjust. And the fact that hormones and menstrual cycles impact on your blood sugars, they're never taught to us throughout our lifetime with type 1 diabetes, to me is just not fair because you're not even given a fair chance to feel good with diabetes if you don't understand this big, big part of factors that are influencing your diabetes behind the scenes. And I think that hormones, of course, are mentions, right? It's like, oh, there's so many different factors that can influence your blood sugars and hormones are one of them, but it kind of like stops there. And I could do a whole other episode on hormones in general, because there's so many hormones behind the scenes that impact blood sugar for both men and women, but we are going to focus this episode on menstrual cycle and sex hormones. And before we go any further, I want to share why I feel very equipped to tackle this subject. First, women's health still today in 2023 is so incredibly under-researched and there are only a handful, I'm talking so limited in the amount of studies that they do on people with diabetes and their menstrual cycle. And oftentimes those studies are even looped in from like combining type one and type two. And there's just not a lot of research out there on this. And while yes, at Risely, we coach men, we coach women, we coach parents of kids with type one diabetes, unequivocally, 80%, if not more, of our clients currently are women, and they have been women for the past five, six, seven years. So we have so much data on this. And if you think about it, so 80%, I don't want to like do the math on the spot, or I can't necessarily do the math on the spot, but if we've had, let's say, over 300 people, women come through just our Decide and Conquer group coaching program alone, then you count one-on-one, I would probably say we've coached at least 600 
maybe women over the years. And that sample size is so much bigger than any research study that has ever been done on this topic before. And the data that we get from all of this is two things. Number one, it's not only, okay, there's a large majority of these women who they're seeing this percent increase is needed in their insulin or this percent decrease is needed in their insulin during this phase or you know this this time of the month or whatever it is but also it's the percentage of of women who are coming in in how much they know that knowledge that they they have about the relationship between their blood sugars and their cycle versus like what they know when they're leaving and how that impacts their outcomes and how sustainable it can be so that's the first point why I feel very equipped to tackle this subject and why I'm like, why am I just talking about this now? Um, but the second one is that for me personally, on my journey um, over the past, you know, let's say decade, really diving into my my body and my patterns and ownership over my numbers and finding what works for, for me, um, I've created a bit of a system. I've created a system for my body that kind of at some times feels like biohacking in a way, um, where I know that there are just a bunch of different you know pieces. There's the exercise, there's the hormones, there's the nutrition, there's the hormones, and it's just figuring out, and it's a system that worked for my body in this blueprint of kind of like what works well all together right and and when for example like um i have higher periods of insulin sensitivity or higher periods of insulin resistance like i'm asking my body like what do you need today and i'm shifting the strategy on all those other different things to support where i'm at in my cycle so it's kind of like the concept of cycle syncing if you've ever heard about that Um, but it's a little bit more specific to type 1 diabetes And so how I got to this place of creating this system that I should say, it doesn't just work for me because it's kind of what we implement and and help our clients figure out, but it's it's more so like figuring out this system for for their body specifically. But um, how I got here was through these three stages. So the first stage was like education, which is a lot of what we're going to talk about on the podcast today. Um, I'm going to take you through in a few moments the five very key things that you have to know about your menstrual cycle and your blood sugars if you have type 1 diabetes. And that and that first layer is is the foundation. But then you move to the second foundation or the second layer, which is pattern awareness, meaning not everybody's body is the same. These are general principles. You have to figure out what your body's patterns are. And I'll also tell you later on towards the end of the episode, like how to start moving towards figuring out pattern awareness on these you know, topics. And that takes a little bit of time, but once you have like your pattern awareness and you're able to have a few months of recognizing like, okay, like this is, you know, it feels starting to feel predictable. The last step is the implementation and the rinsing and repeating and and really creating that system of taking all those other factors and, and meshing it together to create a way that supports your highest self or your highest energy levels, your highest mood, your highest um, sense of what your body needs instead of just doing the same thing every day where you go to your body, go to the gym, you try to push yourself to go or when you're really stressed, you don't work out. And it's like, it's, I guess it's a difference of like letting your body and your life dictate you versus you kind of creating the space and carving out what your body needs at different stages of insulin resistance or insulin sensitivity. So with that, the last thing I'll say before going into the top five things that you have to know 
is for a PSA, we are not going to get into talking about PCOS specifically or perimenopause or menopause. Uh, I wanted to keep this episode just really central, really focused on these this like base level foundational information. So we could you know talk about that at, a, at another time, but I still think that even if you are in those categories, this is a great episode for you to listen to and hopefully you can take something away. So let's dive into the first point, which is that it matters if you're using a form of hormonal birth control versus non-hormonal birth control. Depending on what you are on is going to determine how your blood sugars are going to be impacted. And for example, if you're on hormonal birth control, you're not going to see these drastic surges or declines each month with certain hormones because that's what hormonal birth control is intended to you know, help do. And therefore, you're possibly not going to see the same degree of glucose level fluctuations that you would if you were not on hormonal birth control. So I want to pause there because like really let that sink in. What I just said was if you're on hormonal birth control, you're not going to see these drastic changes in your blood sugars throughout the month. So you might be listening to that and say like, Ooh, like what? Like that's incredible. I want to be on hormonal birth control. And I get that. And I get how that can feel enticing. However, the caveat, because there's always a caveat and there's always a trade-off. The trade-off here is that a lot of women who are on hormonal birth control, they report seeing an increase in insulin resistance like all around when they go on it compared to when they were not on it or let's say somebody's like prepping for pregnancy and they've been on hormonal birth control for years and then they come off it and they're like whoa like I'm seeing so many more lows like but in a good way because their insulin sensitivity is going up and then they kind of have to just you know figure out their new rates and ratios or whatnot but they're just noticing that there is an overall impact on insulin resistance so that is the trade-off so that's the first point is that it matters if you're on hormonal birth control versus non-hormonal birth control and if you're considering switching to one or the other you should expect changes in your blood sugars as a result. So that's the first point. Second point now is that fluctuations in your hormones directly impact your insulin sensitivity and insulin resistance levels. So now we're kind of moving into this space of if you're not on hormonal birth birth control, this is really when you're going to see the most impact in your blood sugars. And I will say I'll share personal details for myself because I think it could be helpful to, to note that I have never been and I'm not on hormonal birth control. And you guys know like my my blood sugars and what I talk about is the fact that I've kind of reclaimed ownership of them and um, you know spend a lot of time in range and and have food freedom and do all these things and have you know an empowered relationship with my diabetes and I'm in the camp of you know my blood sugars do fluctuate a lot more being not on hormonal birth control than if they were so just making like a note there but all to say you know when you feel like you have those random times of the month where you're just like, oh, I have no idea what's going on, but my blood sugars were great last week. And then all of a sudden now they're impossible and all over the place this week. Like that is what we're talking about here. And to start and what we have to like ground on all together is that there is a big difference in men versus women. So men's sex hormones follow the same pattern every single day. They're on this 24-hour circadian rhythm with their testosterone production. And it's almost like 
you know, copy and paste day after day, day after day, day after day. With women, we are on what is called the infradian rhythm, which is our biological clock that is synced up over a month span or about a month span, right? Like the average cycle is about 21 to 35 days. And also a note on this because there are a lot of women with type 1 diabetes who have irregular cycles. And of course, you know, having irregular cycles could be due to so many deeper rooted medical issues that could be really serious. And you definitely want to talk to your doctor and rule those out. But we've seen for a lot of women who come through coaching that just improving their blood sugars alone in people, of course, who don't have like any other deep rooted issues like PCOS, uh, it helps their periods become more regular. So if you're somebody who has an irregular cycle and you've kind of like ruled out a bunch of other things, you know, really think about improving your blood sugars and how that can relate to having a more regular cycle. Because I will say the more regular your cycle is, the easier it is to start to predict when these periods of insulin resistance and insulin sensitivity are going to happen. So what is responsible? You may be thinking like what's responsible for causing the increase in insulin sensitivity or insulin resistance levels. So the two main hormones you want to be thinking about are estrogen and progesterone. So estrogen is known to make the body more insulin sensitive where progesterone is known to make the body more insulin resistance insulin resistant, I should say. Um, And the last part of this is that when we're taught about our period, right? If we even think just like middle school or wherever you learn about your period for the first time, we're taught like, hey, there's this time of the month where you're going to get your period and this is your menstrual cycle. And it was mind-blowing to me when I first figured out that it's so much more than just the three to, you know, five, six, seven, whatever it is for you days that you are, you know, having your period and you're bleeding. There is like all of this, these other things that are going on to lead up to this point. And all of that matters and has to be looked at specifically for people with type one diabetes. And so, If you don't know this, if this is new to you, there are actually four phases of your cycle and the menstrual phase is just one part of it. And these four phases are the menstrual phase, the follicular phase, ovulatory phase, and the luteal phase. And the length of each of these phases can vary depending on phase of your life, different factors, but generally speaking, what's agreed upon is that the menstrual cycle lasts somewhere between three to seven days. Follicular phase is about seven to 10 days. Ovulatory phase, three to four days. And then the luteal phase, 12 to 14 days. Everybody's body is different. Don't quote me on all that, but I'm just, you know, generalizing here. Um, Now, where this estrogen and progesterone comes in is that in the follicular phase, that is when the estrogen is peaking and why you may find that now that you start, you know, looking at how your cycle relates to your blood sugars, you have more insulin sensitivity in the first half of your cycle, um, you know, like after your period, sometimes even like during your period a little bit. And then, you know, in comparison to your luteal phase, which is the back half of your cycle before your menstrual cycle comes, where your progesterone is really peaking. Just take a second to take all that in, maybe write it down, (laughs) maybe just ask yourself, you know, how does this feel to learn maybe more of this information? And maybe you're even thinking, oh yeah, like the week before my period or two weeks before my period, this makes sense. My, my blood sugars do kind of go up. And now I know the reason why it's, it's, 
you know, partially or mostly attributed to progesterone. And we're not going to look at progesterone as the enemy because progesterone has a purpose. But that brings us to point number three, which is understanding where your insulin sensitivity levels are based on where you are in your cycle allows you to make more supportive decisions with things like sleep, exercise, food, and insulin dosing strategies. Guys, this is this integrative, holistic way of working with your body and with diabetes that I always talk about. Like this is the perfect example, right? Because you're having this thing that is happening, right? Um, it's this, it's this, you know, peak and this spike that, you know, this insulin resistance that's happening in your luteal phase potentially, and you have this higher sensitivity in your follicular phase. And so you're having maybe more low blood sugars there or more high blood sugars, um, you know, at another point as a result. And we're over here kind of like, oh, well, this is just frustrating and you know, hormones are horrible and there's nothing we can do about it. But the truth of the matter is, is that we actually can get into more of a proactive state. We can massage our lifestyle factors and strategies and habits to support and meet our body where it's at. Let me give you an example. So I give insulin for pizza. I bolus for pizza, very different knowing that I'm in the first half of my cycle versus when I'm in the latter part. I give insulin for, or maybe, you know, eat different foods surrounding a workout in the middle part of my cycle versus the, you know, when I'm in my menstrual cycle. And so I always, this is why you guys, when like somebody and a lot of you will DM me on Instagram and you'll be like, I don't know what to do to prevent, you know, just like all these spikes that are happening, you know, from eating this food or why this works sometimes but then doesn't work another time. And it's like, it's not a simple, straightforward answer, answer, but just because it's not a simple, straightforward answer that you can get from a textbook or from like, you know, anybody doesn't mean that it's not impossible to figure out. It just takes a little bit more work and work is scary, right? Work is scary because we don't want to be spending more time on our diabetes, but this gives you so much more time back in the end. When you do do this work, you get so much back in return. So that's the the third point. The fourth point is this one I love. I love this one. Okay, so fourth point is insulin sensitivity fluctuations can never be outsourced to automated pumps, at least right now in 2023. Let me say that one again. Insulin sensitivity fluctuations can never be outsourced to automated pumps. I was really, really excited to get on Omnipod 5 because I wanted to see like how is it going to you know, maybe automatically support the fluctuations that happen with my insulin resistance and sensitivity during my cycle. Like, is it going to be able to do it? And I was really optimistic. I was really, really hopeful. And what I found is that it, just like all the other automated pumps, it it can't. And I don't know, like I'm not pessimistic because you guys know I'm a very optimistic person, but I don't know if it's, if pumps are ever going to be able to get there to that point, because what's happening is, is that it, it the pump is like playing catch up. So once you're up there and once you're high, let's say when you're in your luteal phase, because 
you didn't give enough insulin for this food because, you know, even though those three units usually work, you know, you're in your luteal phase now and have more insulin insulin resistance and it's not going to work. Like it's once you're up there and you're high as a result, it's going to start doing those autocorrections and trying to bring you back down. But once you're up there, right, it's, you're a lot more insulin resistant. It's harder to come down. And so it's not really getting ahead and giving the insulin where we need it most that has to be something that at least for now is is manual um and so when you think about switching to an automated pump or when you're on an automated pump if you're getting frustrated with like why isn't this solving all my problems or you know why i don't really understand what's going on with the algorithm and it just seems like it's you know working sometimes but it's not like it's doing the best it can but we we have to take an active role in our own management and we can't outsource things like this But the last point that I want to share, which is something that I kind of alluded to a little bit already, but it's that this is something worth figuring out. Every single month, at least half of the month, you're if you're not on hormonal birth control, you're in this space of either having a lot of resistance and potentially highs or more sensitivity, potentially lows, or just like missed opportunity to optimize that period of higher sensitivity. I hope all of these points and bringing it together gives you this foundation to kind of work off of. There's so much education out there on so many different topics within like nutrition and exercise with diabetes and things like that. But this is an area that there isn't a lot of education on. And so hopefully this is a good like starting point to kick off your your awareness of this for your body. Um, But my recommendation for where to start and like how do you actually take this education and then start working up towards, you know, kind of where I am, which is like figuring this process and blueprint out and system for your body that works um, would be the first very step was where I started, which is journaling. And so you can do this on post-it notes in a notebook. I also highly recommend uh, you get the diabetic health journal. I'll link it in the show notes below. Um, This is the tool that a lot of people use for journaling their blood sugars and their patterns. Uh, You could also note on every day of the journal what day you are on in your cycle. I would recommend that, but also some like kind of tool that you can use at the same time uh, that you use that journal is a period app tracker that breaks down specifically what phases you're in. So uh, an example of one that I've used in the past is MyFlow, uh, it's M-Y-F-L-O, and you can start to see like what phase of your cycle you are in and then using it to say, okay, well, what's going on with my blood sugars here? Let me look at my logs and really getting curious about that. So those are two great places to start. The other kind of like next level of really moving into, if this is something where you're like, I know that I've been trying to figure this all out for you know years and years, or I know I'm just not going to do this without some sort of accountability, and it's not just my cycle. I don't understand. There's other education gaps in with you know in my mindset and also with nutrition and with exercise and just overall you need support in getting to know your body's patterns and taking ownership of living with type 1 diabetes because you want to have more peace of mind and you want more confidence and you don't want to be stuck in the same cycles of of not knowing your body and of maybe stress and anxiety that you're in right now with your diabetes then I really want to encourage you to look into the decide and conquer group coaching boot camp 
This is our signature program for women with type 1 diabetes. A big reason why the program is only for women with type 1 diabetes is because of the hormone piece, because we go a lot in the program into helping you actually figure out this system for yourself and how it relates to all these different pieces of exercise and food and you know sleep and, and everything that we've talked about today. So um, we are in the launch period right now for our spring Decide and Conquer group co- coaching bootcamp. This is our 14th cohort, which I just cannot believe. We've had over 300 women graduate this program over the years. It's 12 weeks long, but after the 12 weeks, you come into our alumni community and we have continued calls and guest speakers and just like panels. So it's a it's a lifelong diabetes community of women that have type 1 diabetes. So um, I'll also put that link in the show notes below once you apply our team of coaches will look over that application and then we will either email you and let you know maybe there's a better next step that we can point you in you know if we don't think coaching is a great fit or most likely we will invite you onto an enrollment call book that enrollment call right away because the calendar is already filling up the program's already a third of the way full Um, and then once you get on that enrollment call you'll talk through a coach with you know the challenges you're having your goals um, where you want to be what that vision you have for yourself is and then of course all the details of the program and what is going to be the next best step for you so really want to encourage you to do that but like you know i share there's many different options for next steps for you i hope this episode was helpful if it was please send me a direct message on instagram let me know that it was and other than that i'll see you next tuesday same time same place we got a great episode coming out with a guest next week week. And until then, happy blood sugars. Thank you so much for being here with me today and listening to this episode of Reclaim Your Rise. To let us know that the episodes we're putting out are impactful and to help us get our street cred up and let everyone else know that this is something worthy of their time to listen to, please leave a rating and review on our Apple podcast, send the show to other people impacted by T1D or maybe even your doctor, and share it on social media tagging at Risley Health and at Lauren underscore Bongiorno. New episodes of Reclaim Your Rise come out every single Tuesday, so make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so that you never miss a beat. Thanks again for listening, and as always, remember, diabetes is a challenge that we did not choose, but one that we can rise above.